Hey, you chuglers. Uncle Weed here in North Vanna. It's a rainy Sunday afternoon, and I'm out here on the porch. And, uh, man, have I got a lot, uh, a lot of stuff to talk to you about. You know, I've been tidying up my little studio space, a room full of miscellaneous crap. And, you know, one of the, one of the curious things about being me is that uh, doing all these kind of cannabis-related hijinks now for well over a decade, I get all this random kind of crap in the mail, right? Which is kind of a lot of fun sometimes. And, uh, well, I'm not usually not one to, like, read uh, user feedback or to uh, do much product placement, but today's the day that that's, well, it's kind of special, I guess, eh? Because I got all this stuff uh, that I've been meaning to talk to you about. It's been piling up. I want to, like, sort it and do things with it, and uh, I've been meaning to do this for a couple weeks, right? And uh, last weekend, well, we had the crazy snowstorm here in North Van and two weeks ago. And then last weekend, they were changing the transformer on the power pole lot in front of the house. And my house kind of looks down on them from the side of the hill. And, eh, you know, it wouldn't have been a good idea because the power was on and off. And I was trying to tidy up. And, you know, one thing leads to another. But then, I was out here on the porch today uh, trying to uh, hang some decorative lighting for the festive period approaching and, you know, I was kind of getting all confused, which is probably due to uh, nursing the vaporizer for the better part of the morning. It's got my thought process a little off kilter, right? And, uh, you know, I got these two strands of lights, and I don't know how they're going to look on something until you put them up. And then you got to have them even and symmetrical. So rather than fretting myself over about it, I, uh, I took some snapshots of my recent uh, beer and wine purchases because, uh, cause, you know, it's important to document your offerings to Dionysus. Is that the right one? Anyway, uh, so then I gather up some stuff. I'm out here on the porch. But as I was thinking, oh, well, I'm going to take a break from the lights and record all that shit I've been meaning to record. I went in there trying to gather up some of the stuff and uh, a couple things I can't find. But, you know, we'll just let it roll. But before I get too much into this, I got a duber uh, rolled up here that I'm going to uh, spark while I enjoy this. This is the, uh, I guess the theme of the show is uh, get comfortable while I tell you about weird stuff I got in the mail and weird stuff you can do to get some neat stuff while I uh, have a dupe. And I hope you have one as well. Oh, now we're officially underway. You know, I'm a little haggard. Uh, you know, I didn't record yesterday. I was a little haggard. I went to the hockey game on Friday night and... You know, I knocked off the day job and went out there and waited till the puck dropped and got a ticket from the scalper. Met up with some already uh, fairly sloppy friends inside who had tickets for the handicap section. So we were three able-bodied men sitting in the handicap session, section, which was humorous in itself. But then we snuck into the club level and some, uh, some dude was buying those fancy liquor drinks. The fancy people drink. Oh, lordy. I'm outrated for that kind of stuff. So I cleaned out my system pretty good with some red wine and some good uh, dank nugs yesterday. Got me back to my normal balance. Oh, lordy. So, been noticing the cavalcade of shows coming out recently. Hope you've been enjoying them. And uh, one of them, the six-strain Vapoweedtacular. Talked about the Heads magazine coming out. And sure enough, it's out now. And it's a beauty. So that is the number one item on the list here to tell you about. But uh, it's important to know. Oh shit! Get yapping, and my dude goes out. Hold on. 
And then next on the docket is uh, I got some crazy hemp essential oil, Olison brand, from Switzerland that also came with a CD of uh, open source, rights-free cannabis, uh, hemp cannabis photos. They're these enormous TIFF files. But I'll process them and put them up on my uh, Flickr photo stream here for you. Then I got a few little random news pieces, particularly about a border guard, and a U.S. border guard living in Surrey that got shook down that you never hear about. When a, a smuggler gets caught, it's all over the news. But when a border guard can fucks up trading sex for smuggling rights, uh, and then, on a cheerier note, uh, medical marijuana dispensaries, you know, I was in San Francisco recently, of course, if you heard from recent podcasts, and was uh, gladdened to see ads for medical marijuana, marijuana, medical cannabis dispensaries <sighs> popping up all over the place. So I'm going to uh, put out a shout out for a, can- a ganja con- correspondent, ganja respondent, ganja can canaspondent. Anyway, to tell me more about that, I got a box from Chillaxin, just marinating. They make uh, clothes, stuff out of Hawaii. Uh, you know, I learned about the word Chillaxin, the, the, the magic that is Chillaxin while living in Guam in the early 90s. And it's kind of an island vibe. But uh, they also sent me a CD. Um, then I will suggest to you that you send me music. Can you tell him I wrote down a list, eh? Because I knew I for- would totally forget. Uh, the list isn't very extensive. So... Uh, I'm going to encourage you to send music, and then I'm going to tell you about these Russian kids that have been sending me stuff. Then finally, if I remember, a letter from Iran. First up, Heads Magazine. So here's a story. Pardon me. Sip a beverage. So uh, Heads Magazine. Uh, I don't know a lot of the backstory, right? But I started seeing it a few years ago, and I would got their initial kind of advertising packet when they were getting ready to launch the magazine about advertise this is what's coming or whatever and I was like wow this looks really nice you know they've done a really nice job and kind of their angle was like we're a bunch of surfers and skaters and we're starting this magazine to kind of explore more of the lifestyle and I was like great but then I didn't see it too too much I'd see it every once in a while then a while ago uh got in touch with those folks about doing an article for their travel issue and I wrote for them Zen Rambling in Japan and then, and that worked out really well. And I talked a little bit about this, right? But it looked great. They did a nice layout. Uh, that's in there. Uh, it was April. It was issue four of this year. You can tell from the front of it because it's got a, a Hawaii hang loose uh, ashtray on it filled with big old dank roaches and a nice burning dube. And it says the travel issue, Head's Guide to Japan by yours truly, where to go, what to do, and how to do it high. And indeed, I cover those topics with some degree of competence, I do believe, if I say so myself. Can I hit you with a few paragraphs? Do you mind? I'm just going to jump around a few little parts here uh, to encourage you to read the whole thing. Because as I'm going to go on to say, it seems like Heads Magazine. Not a lot of people have seen it or heard of it uh, or whatever. So I'm going to give you a chance to, to score some Heads Magazines and some other stuff here. Zen of Rambling in Japan. Japan can be intimidating, even for seasoned travelers. You arrive to massive sticker shock tiny octopi and soup, and 30 identical varieties of canned coffee and ubiquitous vending machines. Beyond the initial chaos is a vibrant underground culture of tokers enjoying quality weed, 
homegrown from imported foreign seeds in discreet gardens or harvested from the wild fields on the northern island. Cannabis holds cultural significance in Japanese history, but all varieties were declared illegal by the post-World War II U.S. occupational government. (laughs) While weed is spending in cities and can be hard to find in the countryside, with some Zen patience and a bit of planning, you'll find yourself high in Japanese mountain splendor, drinking sake and natural hot springs, finishing up with sticky herb in a long kisido pipe. I skip ahead here to just a couple of my... So go, I go on to uh, talk about Don't Bring Weed, uh, how you'll arrive, some areas to go to, what to see around Tokyo, Nagano, festivals and ceremonies, Hokkaido and fall and winter. That's a good part of the thing here. Eh? I'll hit you with that paragraph. Hokkaido and fall and winter. The northern island of Hokkaido boasts winter sports, breweries, more hot springs, and wild cannabis. The wild ganja is no midweed, Midwest ditchweed. The potent weed survives, flourishes, in fact, untended in fields around the sparsely populated island. The police know about this illegal harvest, but there is so much land and the cannabis is so well disguised, growing in the fields, that the yearly eradication and arrest programs hardly make a dent. If you're feeling adventurous, head to Hokkaido during early fall for clandestine harvest. This, however, is tricky business and not to be undertaken lightly. You may prefer to visit in winter to enjoy a Sapporo snow festival, the local ski hills, and some tasty beer. <laughs> oh, I do amuse myself. Okay, I uh, lived quite some time uh, in the southwest part of Honshu. So it's on like the Sea of Japan side rather than the Pacific side. And that makes a big difference because the si- that side I'm talking about is really sparsely populated. The other side has a lot of people. The traditional Sanin Coast. To discover the traditional Nihon, point your thumb across the mountains towards the Sanin Coast from Totori to Shimonoseki on the Sea of Japan side, or Sea of Korea, depending on who you ask. This coastline is simply a stretch of fishing and farming villages that modern Japan forgot to bring along into the modern age. Far away from the tourist track, you'll find giant sand dunes complete with camels, hidden coves for snorkeling, the finest Asian pears on this planet, Open-air hot springs, can you tell you like hot springs or what, eh? And empty mountain peaks for climbing. Watch for the squid boats bobbing offshore with glowing lamps attracting tomorrow's sushi or calamari. With luck, you may find a traditional festival. Drums beaten by farmers and fishermen, costumed and drunk, who will be back at toil the next morning, hungover and all. Climactic fireworks for hours and endless booths of tasty mystery snacks. So this article goes on for 3,700 words. And uh, I can't help but snicker and laugh because it just brings back so many uh, memories, right, when it, from, from being there. And sure enough, I'd end up in a town. It'd be some crazy festival. And, you know, I've seen these big fireworks they do here in Vancouver, and they're spectacular. But every little town just blows up and crazy markets and all these little squid balls and octopus balls. and Not the, the testicles from the octopus or the squid, but made into like a little doughy uh, golf ball-sized nugget, right? Uh, and then, uh, you know, I'd play my, I'd do these little fire and juggling sticks, right? And I'd play some drums, and so I'd get in with these dudes that are in there in their, you know, headbands and traditional loincloths, beating on the big uh, taiko drums. Oh, man, that was good stuff. But anyway, I'm, I really like the way this article came out. It's uh, the result of a lot of experience there, and I go on to talk about uh, how to get places to stay, how to travel around, the joys of beer machines, and uh, some basic Japanese words. On an upcoming show, I've entered, because also in this magazine it talks with some other Japanese folks about the scene in Japan, including the guys from Blaze Pipe, who were out visiting. Blaze Pipe is a head shop and skateboard ramp in Yokohama, and they were out visiting uh, here in Vancouver not too long ago, and uh, 
Uh, I did an interview with him, and I did my own narrative about this hemp and Japan stuff. So stay tuned for that coming show. I encoded some crazy music yesterday to put that together. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, my buddy Brett, Brett the producer, has been rocking together some of these shows recently. Uh, so, uh, man, that's, you got him to thank for this cavalcade. Okay, Heads Magazine. Man, you, get, you better get comfortable. I got a hunch this might go on for a while because I'm having a good time. This, uh, this joint is going down nicely. You know, I don't roll big joints, right? One, because I'm, I'm a lousy joint roller, right? Like I'm a writer who can't type well and a, and a toker who doesn't roll joints well, right? But now you know all my secrets. Um, but I've always figured if uh, you have to roll a huge joint, that just means your weed's not good enough, man, you know? <laughs> you just get better weed. Now, if you want to roll a better joint, that's a whole other story. Speaking of, of course, it's gone out again, my rambling. All right, there she's going. So that was April and Heads. Then uh, I kept in touch with them. A few months later, they had heard the uh, interview I did with Mr. Ross Ribliotti on uh, an Olympic outsider slash Chugalon. You probably heard it. Um, and I talked to another cannabis magazine about doing this article, right? They contacted me, and they wanted a short article. But they kind of wanted to emphasize, dude, Whistler Buds. That's not really my style, right? You know, if you listen to the show, you know, like I like to keep it... Uh, and, you know, I don't like to cheese it out. I don't like to sensationalize it out, right? So, anyway, I waited, talked to Heads, and talked to him about the story I wanted to do. Which is really about Ross as a guy who's oh, kind of a shining beacon, inadvertently or, or not, of uh, someone who can enjoy cannabis responsibly and be a model uh, of, of excellence. And whether or not you like snowboarding, like sports, whatever, I still think it makes a compelling read. It is featured as the head first article uh, in the October issue, which is the Stone Cold issue. You'll see a guy with a 420 snowboard on the front. My article starts on page 24, and there's a big picture of Mr. Regliotti and his Roots gear. Kudos to Roots for supporting Ross. Uh, picture taken by my buddy KK, who is uh, magically and secretly featured on Chugalon number one. Anyway... Just to the article is gold medalist Ross Rebliotti is training for the 2010 Olympics on his home course, defending his reputation and spreading his wisdom to the youth. Uh, here, I'll hit you with a few paragraphs of this. You're comfortable, right? Okay. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Uh, somehow, the 30 something Ross manages to escape any stereotyping, balancing an elite athlete's intensity with the laid back ease of a sagey mountain monk. No stoner drawl or disheveled appearance here. Ross is all dialed in, looking simultaneously chill, chiseled and cherubic. Part James Bond and part Jeff Spicoli with ruddy cheeks, which must get him carded 8 out of 10 times buying beer in the States. His healthy lifestyle is evident, and he's got something w 007 and Spicoli do don't. A gold medal. It says so right there on his business card. Olympic gold medalist. Though his 1998 gold medal performance still draws occasional cliched punchlines, these days Ross is a busy guy 
who stays rolling with good food and exercise, kickboxing and kite sailing, keep him relaxed, focused and healthy, while facing a constant schedule. Uh, eight years after his big win, he's become part of Canadian culture. It's more than that guy who won the gold medal and got busted for weed. And it's not just stoners toasting him while toking Nagano gold buds or borders admiring his success of winning the controversial inaugural event. His candor and perseverance qualified him for folk hero status to many civil libertarians. Oh, that's a little... That's good stuff. <laughs> a little over the top, maybe. mind if I keep going here, eh? His heroic performance also sent a very powerful message to the naysayers. Pompous, blowhard crusaders like International Olympic Committee's dope chief, Dick Pound, who struggles to differentiate between harmful synthesized substances or damaging steroids and non-toxic THC, which is only maybe a performance-enhancing substance, and clings to the tired and unproven gateway drug rhetoric and ignorant politicos who won't admit that responsible marijuana use is not antisocial behavior and have a hard time pigeonholing Rebliati into their preconceived stoner stereotype. Uh, so what's it going to take for Ross? He's got to actually make the team. It goes on about the process and how he eats the healthy food instead of, like, uh, you know, in the junk. He's training at Blackcomb. He's looking for sponsorships, more sponsors. So if you have some hotshot company that's looking for some advertising, you can buy a piece of Ross's uniform. Uh, it costs him about 1000 bucks a week to keep on tour, and he's out there racing against the young kids. Uh, so you can check him out online. I, uh, I'll put show notes up. Chugalon.com. Did you know? You can go to Chugalon.com. There's photos, uh, like snapshots, eh? and, uh, uh, and like some links and that sort of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So... I've got a wee stack of these Heads magazines, the Stone Cold Issue. And uh, I'd like to give them to you good people. Here's what it's going to take. Ross and I were both born in the same town. You uh, tell me that town. Send me an email. And uh, uncleweed at uncleweed.net with the answer and your address. And uh, I'll give you and I'll sign it. That's the thing. You've got to take it signed, eh? Um, I'll sign it with a Sharpie uh, to you uh, on the first page of the article and send that off to you. Uh, now, you can to get this answer, you can either do a ton of research or you can listen to the other podcasts on the Chillaxing Podcasting Syndicate, including the Clubside Breakfast Time with Cosmo G. Spacely. Give Cosmo a listen, and he, uh, he knows the answer to this. So he'll hear this, and now he's thinking right now, oh, I should do a show so I can tell the answer because I know what it is. It's... And so listen to Clubside Breakfast Time. He'll tell you. Send me an email, and uh, I'll hook you up. And while I'm asking you, and, and in fact, uh, heads are going to send me a, uh, a box of uh, all kinds of goodies. So uh, even if you're not the first one, uh, maybe I'll hook you up. But if you want to get some stuff, I am prepared to bribe you uh, to do a small task. And that is uh, go to uh, iTunes. You know that, uh, that iTunes program, right? And you can put up reviews, and I didn't really realize this. And I, uh, until Cosmo himself went right, left a really nice review, and it was like, wow. And it turns out that it helps the podcast get easier to be found for other people, so we can uh, uh, then I can get more free stuff and give more free crap to you guys. And uh, in fact, uh, um, 
you know, like I don't, I, I, I don't, you know, have bandwidth bills, and I'm not starving or anything. But uh, I do like getting free weird stuff in the mail. Uh, so you can check my address. It's on the copyright page at uncleweed.net. Go to the bottom of the page. You'll see a copyright. Click on there. That gives me a mail. It gives you a mailing address. Don't think that that means you can come by my house. <laughs> but you can send me free stuff. And if you send, uh, put a review up on iTunes, send me an email, and uh, you'll probably get something cool in the mail. Uh, and who knows? You know, I got a lot of odds and ends lying around, you know? So remember the question, what town, and it's a Canadian town, were uh, Mr. Ross Ragliotti and me both uh, born in? I can see you in the air Deviating from your flight path The oxygen is thin up there Gravity is on the warpath I think You and I will go far I think You and I will go far The next stop on the Uncle Weed Round the World International Mailbag Extravaganza. Switzerland. Checking in from Switzerland. Um, Olison.ch, which is the domain suffix for Switzerland. It stands for cheese, eh? Okay, here's the letter. Uh, Since 1997, our company produces a hemp essential oil used mainly as a food flavoring which was also used in perfumery and aromatherapy so i think those guys who make like the cannabis candies and stuff this is like something that they would use this natural aroma new and original is meeting with more and more success worldwide the fabrication for example of iced tea sweets and lollipops oh there you go you think i probably would have read this i did short term knowing of your activities and profession of hemp we'd like to let you discover the aroma of our varieties selected mainly for their scent. If, through your activities, you meet with people who may be interested in our product, hmm, would that be you? We would be very grateful if you could inform us. We are also including a CD-ROM of 170 photos, which may be used on your website for publication and report. So, you know, open-source pictures, which I will spread around. Uh, 170 photos on a CD, olison.ch. And it's cool, the CD, it's got like a picture of, of uh, him on the CD. Uh, we invite you to visit our website. You'll find relevant information, pictures of products, and contact us. Reply olisun.ch for what larger amounts. They're launching new products or for regular clients. We need an important discount, interest, the yours faithfully, Oliver Sane. Oliver, thank you very much. And consider this an announcement of the availability of olisun.ch essential oil. You'll see the pictures, but um, I've got the little bottle, 10 milliliters. From Switzerland came a little padded envelope, which was one of the cool. Like uh, I really like international-looking envelopes, right? And uh, when I made Hemp and Road a while ago, uh, the the movie, I'd get uh, envelopes from like all over the place, like the, you know Thailand and I don't know, just here and there, right? And uh, so some of them I'd scan in because I like them so much, and some I just keep. Okay. Anyway, just opening up the cap, and it smells like putting your face in a concentrated uh concentrated uh well you know it's 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 an overwhelming scent of 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 ganja right 
but it's almost got a liqueur or piney pininess to it. And in fact, it's a really strong kind of piney, um, foresty kind of smell. So it's like if you crunched up a bunch of dried herb. Oh, like it's almost biting to the nose, right? Because it's really strong. It's almost like, what's going on? Uh, like, uh, like liquor or something like this, like some kind of schnapps. Yeah, that's, uh, I put a little on my finger here. And what's a, a really light oil. Um, so it's not like, I mean, hemp, because this is an essential oil, so it's like super purified, right? But, you know, hemp oil in general, it can be, it can be made in any sort of grade from a petroleum-like lubricant to artist oils to an essential oil like this. And it's really fine, almost like a, a thin mist, but it doesn't rub off on my hands here. And now my fingers smell like I've been, it doesn't smell like you've been trimming buds or like playing with buds. It smells like, it doesn't smell like, like weed itself. It smells like a weed-like something, right? I'm going to work on that. We'll revisit this as we go, uh, go, go around the, uh, the mailbag here. stepped inside here for this next topic because like I can't find the letter which is funny because I got this letter from Iran and I was just saying how much I like letters in the mail and I was just going to be like and so here's this one from Iran that's really neat but I can't find it it was and I've been carrying this around forever right because it came months ago and I've been hanging out with cousin Herb and I was like oh yeah man I'll record about this letter from Iran like four times it kind of become a running joke but we never get around to do it so now I can't find the letter but I have it scanned it's on my Flickr photo stream from Rathsanjan University of Medical Science, from the Vice Chancellor for Education, the reference number HLR18. Uh, and now, now this came to, uh, to Taima.org, and Taima.org is a, uh, a, a clearinghouse of information all about uh, um, hemp in Japan, Taima's cannabis in Japan, Japanese. And uh, so with this website, it's been up there for a while, and... and uh, so a lot of the stuff I get kind of comes under that auspices. And I got like half a dozen different projects up there. Uh, if you want to know what they are, go to, to go to UncleWeed.net. They're all there, right? Hemp Lobby and Hemp and Road and whatever, right? Okay. April 18th, 2006. So just before 420. Uh, dear Sirs, we were indeed shocked when we read an article entitled Opium in Japan that was accessible at the following URL on April 18th, 2006. The article which describes the opium, opiate abuse in Japan states, Nowadays, non-medical use of opium and opiates is fairly uncommon in Japan. Some opium is sold by Iranians, but there is very little heroin, a pharmaceutical derivative of opium. One of the scientists signed this letter, and it, uh, he's got, lived in Japan, a PhD thing. Uh, 
blah, 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 blah. We're all fancy schmancy. We believe that the authors of this article are unaware of the fact that Iran has a widespread long-term approach for cutting off the supply of drugs and decreasing the demand. About 90% of the world's supply of opium comes from Afghanistan, and Iran has a very long border with Afghanistan. Authors should note that each year, policemen, many policemen lose their lives in our country for preventing drug smuggling at the borders. According to official reports, over the past years, more than 3,000 anti-drug enforcement officers and soldiers who were working on the front lines of the anti-drug enforcement, along with more than 10,000 traffickers, have been killed. On the other hand, 98% of Iranian people are Muslims, and Islamic moral beliefs prohibit any form of drug abuse. According to a report published on the net, yada, yada, yada. Um, something about it from Japanese paper, and then Japan hosed over, got uh, heroin and morphine from China, and it's the Japanese are to blame. Okay, and I'm just switching over to page two here. Bear with me. And hang with me on this. I know it's a little off. Off. Uh, it's kind of an odd topic here, but uh, just said work through this. There's a picture of the envelope. That's neat. All right, we're almost done. Uh, and I got you know this is this is this is fascinating. Of course, uh, uh, they clearly have a bit of time on their hands, right, to go through this. Uh, especially when you, well, hang with me. It's coming up here. There's a siren outside. I'm all distracted. Holy shit, is it standing, it's standing right up front? Well, there's a, like a fire truck pulled up right outside. It's like a paramedics or a fire truck or something. I can only barely see. Uh, all right, we'll keep you, uh, we'll, we'll monitor this situation. Finally, an important point that cannot be ignored. There's a large number of Iranian students, researchers, and scientists who work and study in Japan. As far as we know, Iranian students who have been awarded different scholarships, such as Mambu Kagaku Show Awards, are among the most talented foreign students in Japan. The contribution of Iranian scientists, researchers who work in Japan, and science technologists considerate. It's not fair to highlight related and significant problems such as drug abuse to a specific country, which is a leader in fighting drug dealers and ignore the major strengths of the citizens of a country. Okay, it looks like they're... Wow. Disturbance. Disturbance at the hen house. All right. Yours sincerely. Shall I read you the names? There's, uh, it's signed by 1, 2, 3, 9, 10, 11 PhDs, all associate and assistant professors. Uh, so quite an impressive arsenal of influential, influential scholars from Rasanjan. Iran University of Medical Sciences. And it's almost flattering that, that, you know, they're taking the time to come by and check out little old timeadar.org, right? Uh, and it's also interesting that they got all up in arms about the the one uh, one tiny reference. It's really like there's hardly any Iranians doing it, but there are some. But the fact of the matter is uh, they're ignoring a couple of, of uh, critical points here. But first, I'd like to say that uh, to them, and I'm going to write them a response. I've been meaning to do this, and whatever, right? So, uh, one, I think Iran is is there are doing some good things because Iran actually has the highest rate of heroin addiction of any country in the world. Uh, so they should be aware of that, and they should also be aware of that Iran is doing some good things about that because they uh, one of the uh, 
Mullah issued a, uh, a fatwa that methadone and methadone clinics are a good thing, man. So they're looking for some harm reduction policies. They probably also cut off people's hands. I'm not totally sure. I, this is when I should shut up and edit, right? Um, uh, methadone clinics are all right. And so they're dealing with the, the, the process, right? But right in there, they, they blame Afghanistan, and then they blame everything that comes through Iran is, and the unprotected border. They talk about the 3,000 soldiers and 10,000 traffickers or whatever that were killed. And I'd say, well, that just tells me that the policy is wrong, and we've got to change that. Now, as far as all the scientists and students in, our, in Iran, Iranian students that are in Japan, um, Japan uses a lot of oil. They need to be friendly with at least one country that has a lot of oil. Japan doesn't have a lot of natural resources. The natural resources that they have, they conserve pretty significantly and go buy Canada's trees and fish from, other, from Guam, and, you know, and they preserve their own shit and use others. And I'm speaking generally here, right? And so don't jump down my throat. But um, they get oil from Iran. And in order to get the, have that relationship with Iran, they have very favorable uh, visa um, kind of status, right? So there's quite a few Iran, Iran gene in, uh, uh, in Japan, right? And it's just common knowledge. And, and, and when I was doing this article for Heads, it was a little bit of a conundrum because the fact of the matter is most people who buy weed in Japan, go to the, the, the thing is you go to a train station, you get it from an Iranian, right? And, uh, but I, for me to just come out and say that, that even though anecdotally I've done it, um, or may, like I, I have anecdotal uh, experience with it, let's say that, um, it's, uh, I can't just come out and say this is the way it is. So, you know, I, I asked some other Japanese friends, I was like, let's talk about this. And it's like, well, yeah, that's the one way to get it. It's the Yakuza or the Iran genes or else you go up to the countryside or you grow yourself, right? Um, so, I mean, these guys, I think they, they, they got to tone it down a notch and, 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 ad- and admit that their country has a problem with, with heroin and there's heroin exported from that country and that it's, if you're going to deal with this problem, they're trying to reduce the, uh, the, uh, the supply. Um, but if the demand still exists, then you're still going to continue to have these problems. So I think that uh, they should spend their, their diligent hours there at the medical sciences school thinking of a way to, to do some, some continue with policies of harm reduction like methadone clinics rather than getting all bent out of shape. But I'll write back to them and post this letter on timeit.org when I get around to that one day. And it's also up in my Flickr feed. I, I don't know. Tell me what you think. Um, I don't think it's uh, – uh, certainly you can't generalize any culture. And there's many, many diligent, hardworking – uh, uh, Iranian students in Japan, but there's also a few diligent uh, people swinging a little bit of uh, herb too. Now, in this case, it's talking about opium and heroin, but those just really aren't the drugs of choice in Japan. Japan, the drug that rules is methamphetamines, and different speed in various forms rules the day in high-pressure Japan, and it is a and it's a huge problem. There's also these little caffeinated and hyped-up energy drinks that are like nicotine and caffeine and like. Uh, I have them. All these smokes it like spun me out, man. It was a disaster. But uh, you know, no one's no one's slate is clean, man. And the drug demand is always going to exist. So it's just a matter of how do you deal with the supply in a safe and equitable manner that eliminates. You know, the the the, the, the that it's true. The Afghanistan poppy crop is bigger than ever. The more effort this goes into it, I mean, and you see uh, Chavez there in South America telling the U.S. to take their DEA crap and shove it. So, you know, the world's changing a little bit. So uh, to all you esteemed professors in Iran, cool, man, let's continue the dialogue. It's all good, man.
asunder No one woke up resting on the sand And it's raining And it's pouring And the old man Is snoring It's raining And it's pouring All right, I'm back outside, and it's gotten a little stormy. And, like, my papers and notes that I left out of here are kind of blowing all over the place. Um, and everything's getting wet. So now, if you win that Heads magazine, you, you'll be able to tell it's the one used in the show because it will be slightly damp or appear as though at one time it was damp. So by then it will be worth, not only will it be signed, but it's a game used, uh, so it's probably worth, like, three bucks by now. Okay, so I'm going to uh, drive this on home here pretty quick because if it's getting stormy here, i got things to do to batten down the hatches. So, uh, all right, just a couple other things. Uh, I don't, I'm going to skip the news article. Anyway, the gist of the news article, there's some U.S. border guard living in Surrey, which is a first municipality really across the border coming north uh, this way, South Vancouver suburbs. He works as a U.S. border guard. And he was trading uh, sexual, he was getting sex in in exchange for letting uh, vans or trucks or whatever go through. Uh, But it was a little tiny little news item buried in a column. And they were taking like trucks and vans full, right? Unbelievable. Yet when some, uh, some poor sap gets busted, big deal. (sighs) Anyway, uh, Chalaxin from Hawaii. They sent me some gear, but I'm going to uh, talk more about them uh, when I do an island show here. I got an idea about a show coming up about Guam. I found some crazy old AM radio footage of me talking about uh, hemp on, on AM radio in Guam in like 92, 93, 94, somewhere in there. But it's like horrible quality. So uh, we're trying to pull out a couple clean clips, but I'm going to try and build a show around that to talk about uh, life in Guam and life in the islands and stuff like that. Um, which reminds me, I was going to uh, put forth... Now, I told you this show is a little different, right? Because, like, uh, like uh, what do you got in mind? Like, I'm almost caught up with all the back recordings. The Clack What Sound uh, recording that I'm always grousing about, uh, still can't find it. So there's a Dalai Lama one to clean up a little bit. You know, I had some rough recording from the C-Bus parts. So I'm going to have to redo some of that. Um, I'm thinking on talking about the Hempen Road um, and kind of a little history of that project because there's been some some interest in that. Uh, I got the Hemp in Japan and Blaze Pipe uh, episodes coming up. I mean, what do you want? I can tell tell you about workplace drug testing, military service evaders seeking refugee status in Canada. Is that stuff too serious? I don't know. I could do um, I don't know. I could do some more stuff around Vancouver, like going to breweries and concerts and bike shops or activist stuff around Vancouver. Are you interested in the Vancouver stuff? Or do you like uh, like travel stories? You know, Because I haven't even ever told you about going to Belize and the ganja I got there. Um, Palau. Didn't even know I went to Palau, right? And that was just ganja heaven. Uh, the island of Yap, where it's bare-breasted women and men in loincloth. Uh, which is nowhere near as cool as it sounds. The first part, anyway. Um, <laughs> hitchhiking around Europe and uh, my stories with uh, Olaf Kowalski whose parents were the growers of the cannabis. So uh, I don't know. Tell me what you think. Uncle Weed at UncleWeed.net. Uh, no big deal. But just to recap, the important stuff. Oh, also, if you've got music to send me, you can send that. Go to the trademark uh, thing, page, contact, whatever. But I've been also in communication with some uh, kids in Russia. Some, uh, I shouldn't say kids, they're 
have no idea. But anyway, there's some uh, young entrepreneurs trying to learn all about um, hemp agriculture and stuff you can do with hemp to try to get a little enterprise going out there. They got a weaving loom posted on my interweb rama, uh, and they're doing some some uh, some hemp weaving, and they're looking for books and documentation. So if any of you have a stash, I've donated my vast collection to the Uncle Weed Hemp Lobby Cannabis Library at Last Word Books, the Oli Zine Library there in Olympia, Washington. So I don't really have a ton of stuff. So I rallied Hemp Ed's help down there from Hemp Lobby. But if anyone got some uh, some books, especially you know stuff that's lying around they're not really using right now, um, and I'll tell you how to send it cheap from the States to Russia using the M-Bag. Uh, and maybe we can help these Russian kids out, right? So uh, get in touch with me if you want more information on that. Tell me what kind of shows you want coming up. I may or may not do anything that you have in mind because I like it to be unpredictable, right? Because uh, like, if I know what I'm going to do, uh, then it's not fun. But I just like to let them happen. Uh, but uh, yeah, tell me. Remember to go to iTunes, leave a review, and send me neat stuff. And I will send you neat stuff perhaps. And if you answer the trivia question... What Canadian city were Ross and I both born in? Listen to Clubside Breakfast Time with Cosmo G. Spaisley and other podcasts on the Chillaxin Podcasting Network to find out the answer. And you'll get cool stuff in the mail from Heads Magazine. Okay, that's it. I got stuff to do. Take it easy. And uh, part of that is smoking this next doober, too. All right, take it easy, kids. You've been shooting along. This was Chuglon with Uncle Weed Podcast, episode 34, International Mailbox from the Windy Porch. For more stuff, chuglon.com or uncleweed.net, whatever you like. Feedback, uncleweed at uncleweed.net. More neat podcasts. Check out the Chillaxin Podcasting Syndicate. This podcast is released under Creative Commons license, which means you can listen to it, you can share it, but you can't sell it. And you probably shouldn't smoke it. It's much better uh, simmered in some oil for a few hours and strained through some cheesecloth and made him some, like, some uh, tasty muffins or something, eh? Thank you all so much. We'll see you soon. Thanks.